Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Uh, my name is Dre Baldwin. For those of you who are not familiar with me, uh, I'm a former nine-year professional athlete. I'm the author of 31 books. I'm the creator of this whole framework and brand. 
called Work On Your Game, where I took the attributes, the skills, the tools, and the strategies that I learned as a professional athlete, and I have translated the use of those tools into the business world and everyday life, working with professionals like yourself on mindset, strategy, accountability, and execution. And today, what I want to talk about are five rules, not ideas, not tips, but rules that I would give myself if I was to go back two decades, if I was to go back 20 years. I get asked this question often. Maybe many of you have been asked this question by people who are a generation or two younger than you, and they say, well, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell somebody who was in the position that I'm in, that's the person asking you the question, at this point, you know, knowing what you know now? These are things that I would tell myself and I offer to all of you, regardless of your age, even if you're older than me, and I would even tell myself now because they would help accelerate my progress if I had this knowledge two weeks ago, let alone two decades ago to help move myself forward and move myself forward faster. So as I said, I got one, two, three, four, five here. And as usual, hopefully we'll leave some time at the end for a couple comments, uh, questions and some feedback from the studio audience as we continue on. First point, we are again, again talking five rules. I would give myself, I'd go back 20 years. Number one, stop asking permission. Stop asking permission. I heard uh, Robert Kiyosaki who wrote a book that was very influential to me called Rich Dad, Poor Dad probably the book I would most credit for me becoming an entrepreneur. I read that book uh, probably about 20 years ago. And one of the things that I heard Robert say, not specifically in that book, but he said it in you know, just some talk that he was given, maybe a video that was on YouTube or whatever it was before YouTube. One of the things that he says that you can't get into a position of power in life if you're asking permission all the time. And when I thought about that, and this is, this is before I'd even become an entrepreneur, I think I'm still playing basketball at this point. I thought that that made a lot of sense. And this is one of the top mistakes that I think holds a lot of people back in life is waiting for others to approve of your actions before you take them. And when I say asking permission, I don't mean specifically going to somebody and saying, Hey, can I do this? Or, I don't necessarily mean you're at a job and you need your boss to sign off on something before you take an action. That's, that's the literal definition of it, but that's not exactly what I mean here. When I say asking permission, what I mean is you looking at the rest of the world and seeing all right, which direction is the wind blowing before you take your action. Looking to see if, is everybody else in agreement with what I'm thinking about doing before I actually do what I'm going to be doing. That's a form of taking permission. See, the problem with this is waiting for the rest of the world to agree with you or at least seeing if the rest of the world is going to get out of your way before you take an action. The problem with this habit is that people usually they don't understand what they don't understand. And people will always try to slow you down and stop you before you start something that they don't understand. However, if you start taking action, even on something that other people don't quite understand or something that. Maybe you don't quite understand yet. Maybe you're not even 100% sure of yet. Once you start taking action, people move. People will move out of your way after you've begun. This is just the way that it is in life. They'll stop you before you start. But once you start moving, you get momentum. People get out of your way because they see you know where you're going. But if you're not sure you know where you're going and you communicate through your actions or inactions that you're not sure about it, then other people will pick up on that energy and they will reinforce what you're already believing. It's hard for us to see things from the outside looking in. It's hard for us to see something that another person has an idea on if they haven't done it yet because it has no flesh. There's no body to it. We can't, 
it, it's really hard for people to envision things. This is why you know, most people are not visionaries. Most people don't just invent things randomly. But once it gets started and there's some flesh to it, there's some actual substance to it, we can get it now. We understand it now. We can follow behind that now. Okay, now I see what you're saying because we can literally see what this person was saying. That's why you can't always depend on other people getting your vision. You can't depend on other people seeing what you see. And you definitely can't base whether you're going to move forward or not on whether there are other people who can see your vision when the thing only exists in your mind. You have to get out there and actually make it into something real so that the people who don't have the kind of vision that you have, because as I said, there's only 2% of people who will be up at six in the morning uh, doing what we're doing right now here in this room. There's only about 2%, about the same amount of people who can see something that doesn't quite exist yet. Most people, there needs to be some, some flesh to it. It needs to actually exist in some way. Because otherwise, they can't see it, and they're not supposed to. All right, the few of us who do, we are the exceptions. And knowing that you're the exception, you have to be willing to do exceptional things. And doing exceptional things means moving forward even when the rest of the world is not quite on your page yet. So this number one thing is stop asking permission, i.e. waiting for the rest of the world to be on the same page as you before you move forward. Because by the time the rest of the world is on the same page for you, for your, with your vision, that means somebody's already created. Somebody's already made it into a real thing. Somebody's already put flesh to it, which means the opportunity that you would have had has already been taken off the table. So number two, I'm talking again, five rules that I would give myself if I could go back 20 years. And we need a few more shares, everybody who are uh, listening to this. Can we get a few more shares? We're at 70 now. We need a few more to be at 75. Number two, YOLO. Y-O-L-O, it stands for you only live once. And the point is, if you're thinking about it, do it. That's what I would tell myself 20 years back. If you're thinking about doing it, just do it. I've never in my years as an, an entrepreneur, and any of you can think about this if you agree, I've never thought about firing a staff member and ended up keeping them. I always ended up firing them later on. It just took me two weeks later or three weeks later or a month later after I initially had the thought before I actually did it. I never considered seriously ending a relationship and ended up being wrong about it. Intuition always tells us the truth. Your intuition is that quiet voice inside of you that speaks often in a whisper that for many of us, especially in our consistently interconnected world that we're in now, the intuition is always speaking to us. The challenge is because it's speaking in a whisper, we often don't hear it because our conscious minds and all the stuff that our conscious minds are being bombarded, bombarded with, like everything that's coming through these apps, those speak in a much louder voice. So we just simply don't hear it. It's not that the intuition is not talking. It's just that we can't hear it because it's being drowned out by everything else. But it's always telling us something. And often we condition ourselves to not listen to it because we're listening to everything else. Literally, listen to everything else that's going on all the time. And when we do listen to our intuition, even the times that we do get to hear it, we quiet our conscious minds enough to hear what's being said, we second guess ourselves because of what I just talked about in point number one. We have conditioned ourselves to ask permission, i.e. to look for some consensus from the outside world, to look for some approval from the outside world, to look for somebody else to have the same idea, look for somebody else to say, yeah, that's, a, that's the right idea, go ahead and move forward with that. 
before we take action and follow our instincts and follow our intuition. The problem with doing that, waiting for the rest of the world to uh, concur with our own ideas is that we end up like everybody else. And I mean, look again, what we're doing and when we're doing it and where we're doing it at, we're not like everybody else. So if you find yourself, as uh, Earl Nightingale talked about in his Lead the Field tape way back before my time, he said, if you ever step into a new space and you're trying to figure out what to do, but you don't know what to do, here's the easy strategy, is just look around at what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. Right? If you want to end up like everybody else, you wouldn't be here at this time doing what you're doing right now. And you wouldn't have the ideas that you have. You wouldn't have the vision that you have. You wouldn't have the plans that you have. So this YOLO point, understanding that you only live once, you only have one opportunity in here. When you're thinking about doing something, you're probably going to end up doing it because what do most of us do anyway? If you think about it yourself, what do most of us do in life? We get this idea of this thing we should do. Maybe we start second guessing ourselves or maybe not yet. Let me do it later. Let me think about it for a little while. Let me see what, let me see, you know, what the, let me read the TVs. Let me see where the wind is blowing. We delay. Maybe we delay a week. Maybe we delay an hour. Maybe we delay a year or two. Then we finally get around to doing that thing anyway. And we do the exact thing that we thought of the first time. The thing is, we just do it later. We end up doing it uh, six months later or a year later or three weeks later when the opportunity that we had is gone. Or at least it's not the same opportunity as it would have been. Or we're not able to uh, pull as much juice out of that opportunity as we would have had had we moved on it initially. So this second point of if you're thinking about it, do it is really about just taking advantage of the opportunities when they're in front of us because they are waiting for us and waiting to be taken advantage of. Number three, I'm talking again, five things that I would tell myself if I was to talk to my 20 years prior self is don't listen to people who don't have what you want. It's a, a simple enough point that I think all of us consciously understand the challenges sometimes, especially when we're thinking about doing something that we haven't done before, where there's a little bit of trepidation. There's a, a question of, is this going to work out? Maybe there's a little bit of risk, whether we're talking a time risk, a financial risk, a uh, credibility risk, a prestige risk, and anything that we're trying that, again, we do the same thing. You'll notice that Many of my, all three of my points so far have all been based on when we get this idea in our own minds, we start looking around and seeing, okay, well, who agrees with this idea? Who approves of this idea? Who would be okay with me executing on this idea? Is that most people around you probably don't have the things that you want in life and you're going to be going alone. Sometimes leadership is lonely. Sometimes you got to be willing to walk alone if you're going to be exceptional and you're going to be different. I mean, it's the very definition of being exceptional is that you're an exception to the rule of what everybody else does. Sometimes those people who are telling you, uh, people who are, I'm telling you not to listen to are going to be people who you know, love, and trust. These are people who are close to you. They may even be family members. They are people who are well-meaning, who want the best for you, so to speak. But the thing is, they want the best for you, but their version of the best for you is only based on what they know. And what they know is very limited compared to what you can see for yourself. Their vision of what's the best for you is based on what they've seen in their own lives. It's based on what their own uh, possibilities are in their own minds. It's based on what they think is possible. It's based on uh, their mindset. 
your mindset may be much wider than theirs, much bigger than theirs. Your vision is much more expansive from theirs. So their version of what will work out for you and your version of what Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. What will work out for you are completely different. The question is, which one are you gonna defer to? Which one are you gonna listen to? And again, what makes this a challenge is the fact that this might be a family member. This might be somebody very close to you. This might be someone who, again, feels like they're doing something to help you out or trying to save you from doing something that's going to hurt you. And the question is going to be, really, the question is going to be 20 years from now, do you have the internal fortitude to shut their voice down and listen to yours instead? Even though there's a big question mark coming with whatever it is that you're about to do. A lot of what I'm talking about here in these first three and a half points is about the uncertainty, two and a half points, is the uncertainty of the situations that you're stepping into. And which is the very thing that slows many of us down in life is that if this is an uncertain situation, so I'd rather just sit and not do anything until the situation is certain. The challenge is once the situation becomes certain, most of the opportunity is gone because now everybody knows about it. Anybody can do something when the situation is certain and we have a guarantee. Question is, are you willing to move when there is no guarantee, when there is no full certainty in the situation? Again, this is what makes you the exception. And this is why you're here uh, doing what we're doing at this time of day, on this particular day, right now, while you're listening to me. So these people who want the best for you, they may not know any better than what they know, which means what they know, what they want from you is limited to what they know about, which again is much less than what you can see for yourself. And that's not where you see yourself going. That's not where you see your life going, then you got to be able to accept what they're offering graciously, but at the same time, ignore what they're offering. So respect them, continue to respect them, and love them and trust them, but you have to know how to filter these folks out. And that is the challenge of, really that's the challenge of anyone stepping into any new venture in life. Are you able to push aside the fact that, okay, these people are offering me this, they're offering me that, but you know what? I'm going to go my own route because this is not exactly what I'm looking for. If the people around you, if Ethan, you're in this, at this moment, don't have what you want, then you have to be willing to step into seeking outside opinions and listening to outside opinions. And maybe that outside opinion might be your own idea because it's not something that you've heard before. It's not something that's guaranteed. It's not something that has a long track record of success. It might be a brand new idea. Are you willing to listen to that over these people you've known for the last, let's say, 20 years? Moving on to point number four. We are talking today five rules that I would give myself if I could go back 20 years. Number four, take more chances and be more bold. Take more bold moves. This is probably the, the number one thing that if I had to narrow all these five points down to just one thing, I would probably just go with this one. This is really it. This point is an amalgamation of the first three points that I've shared so far. If I follow points number one, number two, and number three, I'll basically end up with this point here, number four. Most of the chances and the risks that we see in life, or at least things that we label as this is taking a chance, or this is going to be a risky move, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes of both of those words, they aren't really chances. 
and they aren't really risk. We only see them that way because we have conditioned ourselves over time in life and we've been conditioned by other people who have taught us and we taught ourselves to conform, to color within the lines, to ask permission from the universe before we do anything and from other people's agreement before we do anything. And basically, hold the, all those things add up to us holding ourselves back. It adds up to us getting an idea and saying, okay, well, has anybody else done that yet? Okay, no, then I'm not going to do it. Right, does anyone else agree with that? No, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait until I see somebody else doing it before I'm willing to do it for myself. All of this stuff leads us to just holding ourselves back. I don't know if any of you's ever read any of the books or the articles or these days, they probably have videos as well of people who are older and let's say people who are in hospice care or close to the end of their lives and they accept that they're close to the end of their lives and they get interviewed and they get asked questions like, well, what are some of the regrets that you have in life for? If you could go back and do it again, what would you do differently? Or if you could tell somebody who's you know, half your age, you go back to when you were 20 years old, what would you do differently? What would you say differently? Usually it's the same stuff that comes up over and over again. The number one thing that I've seen and the stuff that I've read, and when we open comments, and if you could tell me what you've seen, number one thing I see is people say, I wish I had maintained relationships, stayed in touch with my friends, stayed in touch with my family. That's the number one thing is relationships. And the other thing is, the, the second thing that I see most often is, I wish I'd had the courage to fill in the blank. It doesn't even matter what it is. I wish I had the courage to uh, go on that trip. I wish I had the courage to start that business. I wish I had the courage to be who I wanted to be. I wish I had the courage to live how I wanted to live. I wish I had the courage to express myself the way I wanted to express myself and not wait till I only had a few years left to live to express the person that I was always, I always was on the inside. There's number, top two things is maintain relationships and be more bold and have the courage to be who I want to be. And this is what I would tell my 20 years younger self is that courage point. Have the, the courage to just go for it. Even if you end up losing, even if you end up failing, at least now you have the activity knowledge where you can say, okay, well, I tried these 10 things and they all failed, but at least I know what was going to happen. The worst regret in the, from my perspective to have in life is the regret of what I could have done, what I could have been, what I should have did, because you'll always be sitting there with this big question mark in your mind of, I wonder if I had taken that action what would have turned out? What would have resulted from that situation? But if you never do it, then you always be sitting there wondering. At least if you do it, even if it fails miserably, you can look at it and say, okay, well, at least well, I know what's going to happen. At least you get a story out of it. You can, oh, you're creative. You can come up with something you can use that for. It can be a good story you tell when you're giving your speech and telling your story. But if you don't do anything, right, nobody wants to hear the story of the person who thought about it. I don't know if any of you ever bought somebody's book because they talking about what they thought about doing and it didn't work out. But I'm sure you read plenty of books and heard plenty of stories and biographies of people who tried a bunch of stuff that didn't work. Then they came across the thing that did. But nobody wants to read the story of somebody who thought about it, considered it, uh, weighed their options, checked which direction the wind was blowing, and then decided to do nothing. Right? That's not an interesting enough story. Nobody wants to buy that. And here's another thing that you need to understand about chances and risk. Most of them aren't that once you start putting things into action. Everything seems risky and like you're, you're putting yourself in a position of danger before you do it. But once you actually start doing it, you realize it's not as risky as it looked like. Those, many times when those bold actions and risks work out, what happens is your comfort zone expands. Even when they don't work out, 
your comfort zone expands because now you realize that this thing that you were so nervous about and so you had so much trepidation about, okay, even if it fails, is not as bad as it seemed from the outside looking in. So you can survive this. Oh, I can survive this thing not working out. Okay, now this is part of your comfort zone. Now you're all right with it. Now you can go out actually and go at this all over again because it's not as bad as it seemed from the outside. That monster is not so scary when you actually you know, get on the floor and look under the bed. It's just when you're sitting in the bed afraid of the monster under there that it seems like it's you know, insurmountable. Moving on to point number five, last one. And I'm talking five things. I would tell myself I was to go back 20 years. Keep doing the work and time will work out for you. This is just a simple discipline, persistence, consistency point. There are very few things in life that can be consistent action, consistently showing up every single day to do the work. This is what I talk about when I talk discipline. You know, anytime that I'm talking to my audience, the first thing that I talk about, the first piece of the work on your game philosophy is the discipline. Showing up day after day to do the work. Work that is done consistently over time will beat any burst of energy, a sudden burst of energy or inspiration any person gets on a random day at a random time. It's the person who can show up consistently and doing stuff every single day for a year is going to beat out the person who just gets motivated and excited one or two days a month over the course of that year. Simply because the consistency habit just builds in us. Human beings are creatures of habit. We are creatures of consistency. So when you can put your routines and your habits in place to be consistent, that's going to produce the results over time. I've heard Many uh, people say that a lot of people underestimate what they can achieve in a, they overestimate what they can achieve in a short period of time, but they underestimate what they can achieve in a long period of time. And that long period of time is a principle that I call the third day, which is simply about showing up consistently day after day to get things done, but not based on being motivated or inspired or hyped up, but it's based on having a system or a process in place that you stick to and actually follow so that over time you build up the results that you want. This point right here, number five, is the one that, again, I'm giving, my, giving advice to my 20 years ago self. This is the one that I probably followed the most. This is the one that I would least need to make adjustments for following right now. But I still would have benefited from an older person telling it, telling it to me back 20 years ago. Just do what your thing is consistently, put a process in place so that you're not depending on being motivated to do the thing. And time tells no lies. That's another one that I... I like to keep in mind with everybody. Over time, time doesn't tell lies. And this is why, uh, even for, for myself, just the way that I work and the way that I live, and even literally, I'm not a sprinter. I'm more of a distance runner. I'm more 10K and further. That's, that's, that's my sport. I'm not a sprinter. The short term, who knows? Anything could happen. But in the long term, I know I'm going to end up where I want to end up because of the consistency, because of the discipline, because of the third day, because of showing up. And this is something that is not proprietary to me. Anybody can do this. It's just a choice. It's a decision that you have to make and a process you have to put in place. Results speak for themselves. You want to prove anything to anyone or even argue or be upset about anything in the moment. As long as you keep showing up, let time play out and everything's going to be clear. So let me recap my five points. And hopefully, I know it's a holiday, but hopefully we got the, hopefully we got some comments and questions that can come in after this. Five rules I would tell myself going back 20 years. Number one. Stop asking permission. Number two, YOLO. If you're thinking about it, do it. Number three, don't listen to people who do not have what you want. They can only give you advice on what they know and often it is limited and much less than what you want for yourself. Number four, take more chances, make more bold moves. And number five, 
Keep doing the work and time will work out for you. So with all that said, if uh, someone has a, a question or comment, we got about three minutes here. So if you could go about 30, 45 seconds, if we can get a couple of them in, go ahead and unmute yourself and speak up. Who wants to go first? Dre, it's Monica. Hey, Monica, good morning. Good morning. I loved what you said about leadership can be lonely. And that's so true. I mean, anytime you do something that is out of the norm for what you you or your close circles expect from you, they don't necessarily understand because they don't see the vision you have. And so that point you made is really, I think it's a really crucial one to understand that as you step into those arenas that you haven't been in before, that you you can't expect those people around you to understand because they it's all unfamiliar to them. And so you have to do, have the courage to understand and trust your path. That's that word euthymia we've talked about before, which is trusting your own path and understanding that your inner knowing and that your intuition is important for you to listen to and to follow. So thanks for um, igniting that thought in me this morning and, and good morning. Um, 100% true, Monica, because again, the, the rest of the world doesn't see what, you, what we see internally. So you're right about that. Uh, thank you. Who else wants to go up? Good morning, Dre. Thank you so much for an incredible segment. I love the fact that you had, this is Tanya, excuse me. Hey, Tanya. I, how are you? Yeah. I love the fact that you highlighted that we should just stop asking for permission. Don't ask permission on your God-given vision. Just go for it. Trust your intuition. I'm Tanya and I'm complete. Thank you, Tanya. Appreciate that. Not asking permission, I think, is a, a big point, especially for us entrepreneurs. I mean, we have to have that mindset in order to even get into this world in the first place. So <laughs> agree with that 100%. Uh, who else wants to go? I think we got time for one more. It's Mary Lynn Dre. I was just going to say, I love, hey, good morning. I love the, um, you know, time will tell all. It's, you can't hide if you didn't put in the time. In the end, you're going to see the result. But if you do put in the time, it might, you know, you will see the result. I know that sounds a little discombobulated, but it made perfect sense to me and I loved it. Thank you. All right, great stuff. Thank you, Mary Lynn. So, uh, Appreciate everybody for their comments up at the top here. I actually had the, the wrong link up there first, but either way, it goes to my stuff. So the text link at the very top, the pin link that I have there is to my daily motivation text. I send that out every single day, free of charge to everyone who is in my text community. That message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. I send it every single day, even on weekends, even on holidays, because as I say, the game does not go on vacation. So if you want to get that daily motivation text from me, if I can give you 30 minutes here, I can give you a, a text message every single day. So click that link, send me a text. My number is 305-384-6894. And every day you'll be getting my daily motivation text. As a bonus, you can even respond to those texts and you will get a direct response from me. That is not outsourced. That is not a bot. That is not my team. That is me. You are texting. Text me at that number. Get the daily motivation. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.